Welcome to the world of digital sound. Hey there, how you doing? This is Ken. This is the Ken Burton podcast story. I was going to say show them, but we haven't got to show anymore, so there you go. Uh, guys, welcome, welcome. And uh, this one is being produced because of two reasons. One, we hit the target for um, uh, donations, and I thank you from the heart of my bottom for that. As you know, I am still not working, and every little helps. Um, I'm doing bits and pieces, but shit, you know, it's getting difficult. Uh, and London, everything is in London. It just drives me nuts, really does. I went to, the other day, I went all the way to London for a 15-minute stand-up uh, meeting. All <laughs> I need to, like, think, oh, I've got to go all the way back now. And the thing is, I had other things to do as well, so it's driving me nuts. Anyway, um, so donations, 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 it all helps. Thank you so much to those of you who helped me out. And uh, if there are any millionaires out there, a large donation would be very much appreciated. So, anyway, um, I could do with 20 grand. Right now, I could do with 20 grand. I do, I do, <laughs> don't ask me why. Because I can't tell you, but I could just do with 20 grand right now, right now. Anyway, guys, uh, welcome, welcome. And let's kick this one off by uh, just telling you that all any parts of some, maybe not of this podcast story may or may not be true. It is up to you, the listener, to decide whether or not you think it is. And leave your comments in the comments section on the intro video, which will go up on the YouTube channel. Hey, actually, it's Pro Shipper's old channel, we've called it now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, guys, um, so second reason why we're doing this one is because I saw something on the TV the other day about The Hague. And uh, I just was sitting there watching it and they were talking about, you know, what a waste of fucking money it is and how all of these Euro politicians get shitloads of money, you know, for doing absolutely nothing and uh, how the vast majority of people in this country anyway don't know who their MEP is. Um, but I think we will have to, after next week, because after next week we get the European elections, you don't know who he is, but you can guarantee he's from UKIP. Um, and I got slammed the other day, by the way, for favouriting a post that was made and about uh, UKIP, and uh, I got absolutely jumped on. It was it was quite incredible, but uh, you know that was that was basically from somebody who didn't really understand my point of view on UKIP, and uh, why would he? Um, I've been semi vocal on it. <clears throat> on the Ken channel, if you wanted to know my views on uh, on politics, I do follow politics. Then uh, you know, follow the Ken channel. You'll you'll see quite a bit on there. Although I have deleted quite a lot of stuff because I'm searching for work, and people check out your social profile, and if they think you're a radical, they won't employ you. Yeah, I know, I know. That's why a lot of stuff has been deleted. Hold on, I need a drink. Ah, lovely. So, anyway, um, so I was watching this thing about The Hague, and I thought, that's really interesting, because I've been there. I've been to The Hague. Uh, not the actual Hague building itself, but uh, um, I, I did spend some time in Rotterdam. And they were talking about Rotterdam and The Hague, and, you know, all this other sort of good stuff that they were chatting about. And I was just sitting there, and I was thinking, yeah, yeah, you know, I remember I went to Rotterdam. And it was brilliant. I mean, it was... <laughs> Rotterdam is it's 
a bit of a hole, to be honest. The port of Rotterdam is a bit of a shithole, admittedly. But let's get round to why, okay, I ended up in Rotterdam and uh, basically into a place called Utrecht. And this was back in, God, it must have been 84, 85, I'm guessing. Right, let's take you back to the beginning. If you've never heard one of my podcast stories, guys... You listen to the old ones before, because I'm not going to explain it every time. But needless to say, I was a fringe gangster. All right, that's the best way to describe it. Somebody else described it like that the other day. It, it's fag end gangster, if you like. I was never a player, but I was kind of one of the people that ended up in the support network of people who were players. And, you know, there was a, a family in Coventry and uh, I, I liken it to the Sopranos, you know, in a way that <clears throat> it it kind of worked the same way, but it didn't. And when I describe it, it just sounds like, oh, that was the Sopranos. No, no, it, it wasn't. <laughs> hey, I'm going to wake up with a horse's head in my bed. Um, no, it wasn't quite like that. Was like, capos. There weren't any capos. <laughs> Right, I'll tell you what there was, just very briefly. There was a family. This family were very powerful uh, because they owned a lot of business and they got involved in a lot of bad stuff. And they played rings around the cops and the cops played rings around them and they they had the cops in their pockets most of the time uh, with bribes and shit. And, you know, the, the it, it, was, uh, it was one of these things where anything that happened within the city and outside to a certain degree had to go through these people and uh for instance you would never consider robbing a bank all right in coventry nobody would ever consider robbing a bank because uh it would be open season if you robbed a bank without it going through the family first then uh, and then taking a cut obviously and approving the plan uh basically it would be open season and uh, they would find out who you are and they would tell the police. <laughs> ring, ring. Oh, yeah, it's this guy did it. <laughs> did he? Cheers, mate. Thanks. <laughs> that's how it worked, right? That's just how it worked. And, uh, that, and I was kind of fag-end for this. I mean, we did some, you know, we did some basic legwork for them and in the middle of all this I was buying and selling cars I was repoing cars together with my merry band of mates and this is kind of what we did all right so that's the backstory okay and I I do urge you to go and download the other podcasts uh and uh you know if you can hit that donate button hit the donate button 20 grand would be really nice right now okay just would can't tell you why just would uh so anyway uh this kind of story goes around all of that in a way um when there's a lot of money involved there's always some bright spark who thinks i'm gonna have that (laughs) and bugger the consequences and some people do it wasn't unheard of for instance for one of the guys who was associated with the family <coughs> to um, perhaps get access to a place where a lot of shit is stored. Uh, 
and take it for a walk. All right. Uh, and try and disappear. I mean, one guy, one guy in particular that I know, he, he tried to get to Africa. <laughs> tried to get to Africa. He got as far as Heathrow <laughs> before he found himself in the car park with a, a hole in the back of his head. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, when there's a lot of money, people, you know, see the dollar signs and they forget the reality. And uh, this happened on this occasion. And, and this is why, you know, the thoughts went back to this. And I sat I sat for a few days, actually, and thought about this story. and thought, I'm not really sure how much of this I can tell. Because <laughs> it does give away a lot. But I guess, I mean, it was a long time ago, you know. It was <laughs> 85, for God's sake. It was a long time ago. So, and I, I wouldn't imagine it's still going... Well, I don't think it is still going now. If it has, it's gone underground. So let, let's tell the story and let's see where we go. So uh, I'm sitting in the flat, right? And uh, I don't know what day it was. We're sitting in there and we're having a laugh and a joke. We're getting pissed. There's a lot of people there. Party night is every night in my place. <laughs> it just depends who turns up. And, uh, you know, we're, we're having a good few and, you know, there's, there's like, there's a load of girls there and they're in the corner doing some shit or other talking about something. And we're all playing a video game. And uh, if I remember correctly, we were playing Defender. Do you remember Defender? (laughs) A funny little game. But anyway, uh, we had a Defender. And we were playing it, and uh, <clears throat> girls were bored, boys having a good laugh, getting pissed, and uh, phone rings, and I answered it, and uh, it's a guy that wouldn't normally talk to me, uh, because there was a hierarchy of people that you would talk to, and he definitely would not talk to me, and he just said, "Is that Ken Burton?" And I went. Uh, yeah. And he said, it's whatever. Oh, hello. And I went, put my hand over the seat receiver. Shut the fucking noise down. Shut the noise down. And everybody's got really quiet. And we're all looking at me as I was on the phone. Um, how can I help? And he said, are you with any of your guys at the moment right now? I said, yeah, there's about 10 of us in here. We're having a beer. He said, can you, are any of you, well, the first thing he said was, any of you sober enough to drive? I said, um, and I went, hold on, <laughs> is anyone sober enough to drive? And uh, as it happens, Chris was, only because he was on antibiotics for his disease. <laughs> That's a whole other story that I just thought of. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that. <laughs> Chris got the clap. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that is another story. Jesus. <clears throat> right, anyway. So he's on antibiotics. So um, penicillin and so he can't drink. And uh, everybody everybody states when he picked anything up, right, we were going to... Going to Chris, do you, do you just want to wash that, mate, before we use it? <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, um, 
So Chris was sober enough. So uh, I said, well, yeah, one of us is. He said, there's a transit on its way. Get in it. Pack a, pack a few bits. Tool up. Uh, instructions will be like with the driver. So I was like, okay. Now, you never, you never did discuss detail. It, it would be... Um, it would be rude of me to have said, what is it you want us to do? Or how much are we going to go? Oh, you'd never say that. (laughs) How much? Jesus. Um, You'd never say that. You would either say, either I can't do it, and here's a good reason. In fact, here's a fucking good reason. Or, yes, sir. (laughs) We chose the latter. Yes, sir. And uh, I went, right. Okay, boys, there's a transit on the way. Tall up, suit up, we're out. And so uh, uh, Chris took uh, a lot. Now, a lot of the guys stored clothes at my place. All right. But what they didn't do was store their gear at my place. Uh, Now, I had, I think I had my SIG, uh, my 9mm, and I think maybe two of the other guys stored their stuff at my place at that time in case their their parents found it because they were living at home and yeah I'm, I'm guessing that there was only about three of us told so um, Chris went out jumped in his motor shot off with a couple of the guys to do a quick round to go and pick up theirs <clears throat> transit van arrives uh, before the boys have got back and transit van driver gives us an instruction he, and he just says look you know uh, this is what you've got to do uh, there is a guy. He is en route to uh, a place called um, Harwich, uh, which is, you know, on the East Coast. Just get there. Just get yourself to Harwich. And uh, here's a phone. And that phone will ring uh, to get progress. And then we'll inform you as to what's going on. So that's all you've got to do is get as many guys as you can to Harwich. So, right, okay. And it turned out, I think there was about 13 of us, 14 of us. The boys got back. Chris dived in the tranny and... uh... (laughs) No, that's not how he got the clap. (laughs) Diving in a tranny. (laughs) No, it's not. So Chris gets in the driving seat, the transit, and we all shoot off. And... uh... There's a really weird microlight just outside my window and it's hot in here, so... Oh, my God. That is bizarre. Okay, um, guy with a parachute. Weird. Anyway, uh, so we all shot off. Now, Harwich was probably about an hour and a half away from where we were. And uh, it was a decent enough journey. We took a few beers with us. We also took a few flasks of coffee uh, for those of us who wanted to sober up. And uh, we drove. Uh, we were all suited, booted and geared and you know we were pretty much incognito the the transit that he'd sent us had blacked out side windows which was a standard thing really if you were moving anybody about Uh, and and the family had dozens of these vans, dozens of them and uh, we were sent off well we arrive um, at uh, Harwich and we're heading towards the dock and we're not very far away from you know where where all the ships go and all of that sort of stuff and uh it's 
like just down the road is a massive hotel with a golf club uh golf club yeah golf club and a car park and we were told to wait in the car park so I waited in there phone rings and we were told yeah right you all know this guy and I, i'm gonna call him bernie all right i'm gonna call him bernie because that's quite similar to his name but not quite guys you all know bernie yeah we know bernie right bernie has wandered off with a shitload of stuff bernie needs to come home all right that's all you need to know whether or not you get the stuff back doesn't matter bernie is your priority if you get the stuff back it's a bonus if not bernie needs to come back and we said well where is he uh you know what do you know said all that we know is that he's going from um harwich that's all that we know so anyway we disembark we go and have a wander around uh we went into the dock the dock wasn't the easiest place to get into so you know we're we're talking like open fences and broken fences and stuff and uh we're having a bit of a wander around the dock we've all got um false id on us from something so you know we're having a bit of a, ch- a challenge around now we know that there's going to be security around there but we also know that bernie's on foot all right because he w- he wouldn't have been able to drive into the dock unless he tipped somebody okay so anyway we find this out uh that you know the dock is not the easiest place to get into we quiz the security guards uh we drop one of them a few quid we make out that we're undercover police and we're looking for a guy we show them a bit of false id they are more than happy to cooperate and uh they're basically assuring us that there is no way that this guy could have possibly uh possibly have got through their security and got on a boat because it just wouldn't have happened so we agree with these guys that we can have a wander around the dock and uh one of them puts us in a security car one of us anyway and the rest of us go on foot and we go we go around the dock and they give us little dock maps and we all decide which way we're going to go and we have a look through you know any broken containers that we can see and it's a fucking impossible task this place has got con- containers coming out of the wazoo you know there is no way that if i mean this guy could have been hiding right bernie definitely could have been hiding so anyway my f- phone rings the phone i've been given and we're told um right uh we've just had an update he's gone from felix though it's not harridge and we're like fucking hell i said to these security guards how easy is it to get to felix though and he went well it's a bit of a trek mate for me unless <laughs> you can swim <laughs> ah okay so we said to the guy on the phone look felix though it's going to take us a while to get there and he said to right it doesn't matter because you know we now we now know that he's gone from felix though okay so and we also know that uh, he's heading down to uh Zabruge. And we're like, right, okay, are you absolutely sure? So, well, this is our information right now through interrogating somebody who knew what he was up to. But we think we could be being sold a duff. So we don't know that for sure. Can you guys 
as quick as you can find the fastest route over to Zabruj. And we're, we're like, well, we haven't got fucking passports or anything with us. <laughs> we're also all tooled up. How do you want us to do this? And he went, right, okay, give me 10 minutes, sit tight, we'll see what we can do. Anyway, 10 minutes later, the phone rings. Okay, there is a boat waiting for you and uh, you guys can get over on this boat. And we're thinking, is this some little guy with a pair of paddles? <laughs> Are we going to end up soaked by the time we get there? And uh, he said, no, there's a guy going to meet you in a minute. Uh, he's going to meet you and you guys are going to get across but you're going to get across basically to um, uh, Rotterdam because that's you know that's where the boat's going and we're like okay we can do Rotterdam and then what do we do pick up a car get yourselves off and go south and get yourself down to Zabruj and we were like right okay we can you know we'll get down to Zabruj so anyway we meet this guy very shady guy and he's dressed like captain fucking bird's eye and uh you know he's he's not english for stuff <laughs> yeah you come on my boat yes it is right okay mate so we got on his boat and uh we sailed and we sailed across to rotterdam and it was um it was quite a journey let me tell you <laughs> I've been on sea journeys before, but this one was quite horrendous. And it took us a long time to get there. And by the time we got to Rotterdam, it was getting light. Well, we arrive in Rotterdam and, uh, you know, the the boat docks. Um, we get off and it's we get off at what they call the Hook of Holland. That's where we get off. And we immediately pick up a car. Again, there's one waiting for us. And uh, the car can only the car's only going to fit five of us, so we split up, and the other guys are waiting for the other car. I'm with um, four of the guys, okay, and we start to drive. Well, we we didn't really know where we were going, so we started to head north, and all we could see signs, all we could see were signs for the Hague. So uh, anyway, we ended up kind of all driving around the Hague and going all around that area trying to find a way south eventually we do and it takes us back through Rotterdam and as I say Rotterdam is an interesting place <laughs> it wouldn't be my choice so that was you know that was the journey south now all the time bear in mind that we are dressed like the mafia in suits and we're all wearing sidearms and we're in a foreign country where the police also wear sidearms. So now we're into a different ball game. And I'm just thinking, you know, if if this goes on top for any fucking reason, if we get pulled for any reason, these guys are going to have a field day with us. You know, they're going to lock us up and throw away the fucking key. So heads down, let's keep split up and, you know, let's uh, let's get there as quick as we can. So, I hope you're still with me. So, <laughs> we've got... <laughs> so, we're driving south, all right, and we get another phone call, and ring, ring, you know, can you call me back from a landline? So, I was right, okay, uh, we stopped, phone box, called back, 
and uh, we were told that okay we now have some details we know exactly what's going on this guy is basically uh, carrying gold and he's going to meet a gold dealer in a park and you know that's where the exchange is going to happen you guys need to get to the park there's going to be other people there there will be other teams there so please bear in mind that you know you're not on your own and friendly fires should be avoided if you pull your weapons make sure you know who you're fucking shooting at so i was right okay so anyway we were told the name of this park and uh i went to get a pen uh, so i could write it down and i handed the phone to my mate and he went right okay so it's grenwald park Right, okay, Grenwald Park. So we're looking at the, on the map for Grenwald Park. We're there for about 10, 15 minutes and we can't find Grenwald Park anywhere. So we like sitting there trying to work out where Grenwald Park is. And uh, I said, well, well, we can't find it. We can't find it. So we had to phone back and say, look, can you tell us where Grenwald Park is? And the guy on the other end went, why would I fucking tell you where Grenwald Park is? Well, that's where you've told it. No, it's Gementi <laughs> Park or something like that. Gementi Park. Right, fucking hell. So anyway, we find this Gementi Park uh, on the map and we head down there. And uh, it's, to say it's a park is a bit weird, really, because as a park, it leaves a lot to be desired. It's mainly a big wooded area. There's a lot of wood in this park. Uh, with some clearings here and there and we're thinking well where in the park you know with all these trees and shit we're not going to spot him are we so you know do we know where he's going to meet and then we were told you know oh it's going to be somewhere by the lake so right okay so we find this lake on the map and we head down there well we park up and get sorted and you know basically suits on and tooled and you know looking really conspicuous <laughs> we're, we're, like, we're like something out of the mafia walking down the street but then again there's a lot of people in the park dressed like us and uh there are people jogging in the park there are people walking in the park there's a lot of people walking their dogs in the park and so you know we didn't really stand out that much and for that i was extremely grateful so anyway we spotted roughly where we were compared to where the lake was and we parked and we got out we had a walk down and this lake is surrounded like half the lake is all kind of trees and foresty and bushy and so it had to be on the other half so we went down to the other half and we just kind of wandering around you know and and, uh, there's like people all over the place and we keep seeing people who look vaguely familiar (laughs) but there's no Bernie well we kind of walk up and down the pathways and other people are walking up and down the pathways and our guys are walking up and down the pathways because the other cars two cars have arrived with the rest of our crew in it and uh we're like you know oh, how's it going and we just nod to each other as we're walking past and then we'd walk <laughs> we'd walk past two other people and they'd nod at us and we'd nod back at them <laughs> who the fuck are they (laughs) but we were told there was going to be other teams there well fucking hell Uh, a car pulls up 
and uh, two guys get out of this car and they are suited and booted carrying a briefcase and uh, we're like you know just walking around and keeping an eye on these two guys who went to sit by the lake and a taxi pulls up lo and behold Bernie gets out of this taxi Bernie has got a rucksack and it's heavy Bernie's rucksack is heavy. Bernie is not a small guy. And Bernie is not struggling, but he's buckling under the weight of what was in this rucksack. I cannot imagine how much fucking gold there was in that bag. But uh, anyway, uh, Bernie got out of the cab. And all of a sudden, everyone walking around the lake, all eyes turned to Bernie. And he obviously sensed that there was something going on because he then turned tail and ran back towards the taxi. But at this point, the taxi had driven off. We closely followed him uh, along with probably 25 other people (laughs) running after Bernie. And Bernie's gone running across the road and into another field. And we're all running after him. And there's there's people all around us kind of, what is going on? <laughs> we're, we're just kind of just legging it around, you know. And uh, anyway, Bernie can't run that fast because he's got this thing on his shoulder. And so he drops it. And very, very sensible thing to do. And he heads towards the trees. And we're thinking, right, okay, the bag or Bernie... Well, the priority is Bernie, so let's go with Bernie. And we keep running towards Bernie. And I shout back to Chris, who's behind me, uh, bag, bag. And uh, Chris nods, and he goes running off to where the bag's been dropped, together with another guy. Well, we catch Bernie by this tree, and uh, we basically hold him there. And we've got our guns pulled and uh, Bernie was tooled up, but he didn't even bother, you know, and and all fairness to the guy because he knew, you know, what would happen if he did it. And uh, we just kind of, you know, stood there going, okay, priority is bring back Bernie. Let's get him back to the car. Now, these two of the guys uh, basically turn tail and come towards us. And um, these are part of these guys that have been nodding at us. And they've pulled guns as well. And they're pulling them at us. And we're thinking, are these guys undercover police or what? So then our guys pull on them. And then another two guys come from behind and pull guns on those two. And we were like, right, hold on a minute. Who the fuck are we all? Can we just... We just before it gets silly can we just work out who we all are and uh i i said my guys are working for the family and two of these guys went well we're working for the family I said right okay and the other two guys we said who are you and these guys went we are working for the dealer <laughs> And we went, right, okay. <clears throat> and these two blokes went, we just want the gold. 
and we were like well and by this point Chris had turned up and everybody's pointing guns at everybody and Chris <laughs> Chris being Chris stood in the middle with his gold and went put your fucking weapons away for fuck's sake this is a park there are people walking their dogs here <laughs> so everybody kind of turns now we're hidden by the bushes the trees anyway but everybody kind of puts their weapons down and said okay weapons down we just want the gold I said you can't have the gold it's not your gold we'll give you the money no we don't we don't money we've just got to take bernie back and take the gold so we're thinking right okay so that's it so we decide okay hold on and we phone back right using this mobile and uh we were t- you know we were sorry I put the guy on that's there so we put the guy on that's there for the gold and he is a little bloke a little jewish bloke in between these two guys that got the guns he's the guy who's got the bag of money and uh he has a little conversation just out of earshot to the rest of us and then uh (laughs) basically uh he puts his bag in uh, chris's feet and picks up the bag that's uh, that's with the gold in it at chris's feet and then hands the phone to me and I, i was like what's going on he said right we're doing the deal <laughs> for fuck's sake check the money and uh if it's real then bring the money back not the gold right okay so we open this bag and it's fucking 50 pound notes man it is 50 pound notes and i'm talking a lot of 50 pound notes it, it, it is just incredible numbers of 50 pound notes 50 after 50 after 50 and i'm just thinking fuck me and all of it looks brand new and i'm really not that familiar with 50 pound notes so i'm not entirely happy that what i'm being given hasn't just come off somebody's photocopy (laughs) so i turned to our lot and said anyone know about money and uh, you know can you have a look have a look at this and i'm handing out 50 pound notes to our guys and they've all put their guns away and they're all pointing these 50s in the air going oh yeah yeah it looks all right it looks all right and i'm just thinking this is a fucking comedy of errors if the police turn up at any point we're going to be in serious shit creek without a paddle and oh for god's sake so anyway we decide that the money's good right so they put the money back in the bag and we say right okay and the two guys with the guns and the little jewish guy they say fine and they fuck off and then we (coughs) we go uh to get bernie and uh phone rings again i thought it was mine it wasn't mine it belonged to one of these other guys and bear in mind there is maybe at this point probably 16 17 of us all stood around the trees with bernie pinned to a tree and uh somebody's phone ringing and he answers it and he goes yes 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 he pulls his gun and he pops bernie straight in the middle of his fucking forehead oh for fuck's sake not even a silencer not even an attempt to make it quiet he fucking shot him 
and we just went what the fuck Chris grabbed the bag of money and we ran we ran to the car people were coming towards our direction so we were keeping our heads down so they couldn't get a really good eyeball on our faces we ran to the car that was on an open road for fuck's sake an open road and we shot off everybody saw us saw what cars we were in saw everything I'd never seen an amateur fucking takedown like it in my life it was ridiculous I mean they could have done anything to Bernie but popping him with a fucking big gun you know and this this was at least a 38 this guy used and the sound of this thing just echoed through the woods birds went flying out the trees Oh, for fuck's sake. Babies started crying. Well, <clears throat> it was just stupid. It was just stupid and ridiculous. And we liked it. Now, we got... Uh, Christ, we got into the car. We headed... Originally, we headed um, kind of east to get out of... Uh, to get out of Antwerp, which is where this part was at this point. And uh, we decided that the best thing we could do was get to somewhere, the only place that we'd ever heard of, and that was Lille. And uh, backwater, swap clothes, swap car, get the fuck out of there. So we headed towards Lille. We dumped the car in Lille, and uh, we went off to... There was a, a kind of, not an industrial estate, it was kind of like a... Oh Christ! It was it was like a lot of little units and and stuff, and the car park was very much around the back entrance of these units, and so we we tagged another car, and uh, we basically tried to get whatever we could. Um, there was a, a workman jacket, there was a high vis, uh, a couple of other bits we managed to grab, and uh, we we just kind of you know dumped the suits and shit in a beat in a wheelie bin uh, <clears throat> and we went you know we we went well we headed north and during that journey we made a phone call and we said what the fuck I mean just you know what what the fuck um, this is completely unprofessional it's completely ridiculous we're now stuck in a country where about a hundred people have phoned the police and you know they've they've got pictures of us right they've got pictures of us all over the place and uh we were just completely unfucking happy about the entire situation well we were christ um i guess we were heading north for about five or ten minutes we were told to, to uh uh we were told to stop uh, at the nearest place that we could and wait for further instruction and then we were given a, a spot to go we were to go to Eindhoven and uh, we'd get a call once we got there so we took off we went to Eindhoven and then phone rang and we were told heads 
right up this road go to this road go to this road there's an airport and we were like where's there a fucking airport around here well there is an airport at Eindhoven and it's a tiny little place a tiny little airport I don't even know if it's actually a commercial airport or not but it's it's a really really small place um, I think it was a private airport oh, no, I could be wrong though there, were, there seemed to be a lot of gliders and shit uh, at the airport and uh, well we turned up and we went down the service road of this airport and we were told you know where to go and there was this like hangar and we were told to go and be by this hangar so you know we pulled up and there were a number of hangars and we phoned back said right okay hold on oh it's the hangar on the left and you know we we went there well we were there for best part of two hours by this hangar and uh, then we saw uh, a small plane arrive and then another small plane arrive and then another small plane arrive and the third one taxied all the way to the hangar that we were at and uh, it was you know it was just such incredible relief it was just amazing and the, to think that the family's reach was that great that within a hour couple of hours they managed to get airplanes to us to get us out of there was incredible now a couple of the planes were relatively small only took uh, four people uh, a couple of the other planes slightly larger uh, but anyway we all flew back and we all flew back into Coventry Airport and we were just incredibly incredibly grateful you know that we managed to get out of there now the flight back wasn't exactly the best one I'd ever had in such a small plane <coughs> um, and the fact that uh, our plane also carried the gold uh, sorry also carried the money didn't help uh, because it was one heavy bag I can tell you that I don't even know how much was in it I don't know if there was 100,000 in it or a million in it or 2 million in it I can't tell you what I can tell you is there was a shitload of money in this bag so you know with the weight of us with the weight of that it took us the best part of I'm guessing probably 2 hours probably 2 hours to get back and uh, we landed waiting for us was a minibus uh, one of the planes had already landed when we got there and our plane landed and the other plane landed and we weren't taken through the terminal we were taken through the side uh, to where the I think nowadays there's a museum there and we were taken around there and uh, we got we got in the cars and we were taken back to Fosal to one of the warehouses and we got out and there was a guy waiting for us and we told him our story and we handed over the bag and what he did was profusely apologise for what had happened and uh, basically the he said that one of the guys uh, or the guy that had actually done the deed he was uh, part of someone else's crew someone else's group and he was on loan to Coventry for this particular job and I said you know well I don't know how they do things there 
but fuck it was ridiculously bad and I don't know now if people took photographs in the park if we're on fucking wanted posters or what I just you know absolutely don't know and uh, the guy assured us that you know whatever you know whatever comes on top don't worry we will look after you and that could mean anything that I mean I knew guys back in the day that ended up on a wanted poster and uh, found themselves in fucking Cambodia or you know South America you know with a fake passport because of being wanted uh, Spain was the favourite at the time but Spain just at that time Spain was starting to cooperate with the UK on extradition so it was starting to become a problem so but anyway you know this was this was our lot well he had a number of envelopes in his hands and <coughs> he handed them out all 13 of us got one of these envelopes and in these envelopes was five grand. And that, for uh, 48 hours, 72 hours worth of work, was a shitload of money. So we were really, really, you know, kind of overwhelmed by it all. We all went back to my flat, and the girls were still there. And... Uh, we all sat around worrying about whether or not we were now on some fucking Interpol list. And we discussed it often and frequently after that. Is it going to be this week when Interpol catches up with us? Our pictures are already in the police database. Is it going to be a question of, you know, it's only a matter of time before somebody puts two and two and makes four? And then we get a knock at the door from some international fucking cop who takes us for a walk. And we never knew. After a year, we were still talking about it. And we still, at that point, didn't know whether or not we were safe. After 18 months, two years, we decided that we were. And then a little while after that, there was a huge trial about some guy who had been uh, a Scottish gangster and he was wanted for something that happened in Germany and Interpol matched him four years after the event and we just thought fuck it always hung over us always did we sat and discussed how we would plan it if it did come on top we carried our weapons a lot uh, a lot more than we did during that time for fear that if we were to get pulled then we could perhaps do enough damage to get ourselves out get to the family and get on some sort of fucking way out the country that was a hell of a thing to have hanging over you, over you. But I guess after 30 years, I think I'm probably in the clear. Chris didn't. Chris never was. I mean, they, they, <laughs> he 
is penicillin helped? <laughs> oh dear. It was a hell of a time. It was a hell of a time. But it's the sort of things we did. Any one of us at any point during that could have been shot. Any single one of us could have been the result of somebody getting trigger happy. And you know what the scariest thing is? And we discussed this afterwards as well. When everybody pulled the guns in the woods, not one of us were afraid. Not one of us. And that is scary. It's been the podcast story, guys, for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to hit the donate button. I will as ever. <coughs> oh, terrible frog then. I'll see you on the dark side, guys. Y'all take care now, you hear? See you soon. Welcome to the world of digital sound. Shutting down all systems.